Good morning. I'm Pastor Hank, and I'm glad to have you join us this morning. I hope you were encouraged with the uh, video that you just saw with uh, words of encouragement for our, some of the ladies within our church. Um, I am going to be speaking about encouragement, but uh, uh, some of the people who have encouraged and blessed me have not always been women, although many have, and I want to share some things with you today about some people who have made an impact in my life and helped to uh, shape and mold me in the direction that I'm going. Uh, most of you have known me since I've been an adult and uh, many since I've been a Christian. Um, I'm going to share with you some things that I don't share uh, very easily because it speaks about who I am and have been as a person, uh, but uh, praise the Lord for some of the changes that he has brought about in my life. Uh, I want to sh to start, uh, I thought this week I would look up the definition of encourage. And uh, in the dictionary, the word encourage means to inspire by courage, spirit or confidence, to stimulate by assistance and approval. And uh, those are some of the things that uh, I want to uh, share that I have had happen with me and have kind of helped me in my life. So I, some of you have heard the story, but uh, I, had, I stayed back in school twice when I was uh, young. Uh, the first time, the way I always like to uh, explain it is, uh, I say it this way, the first time is because I was dumb. And what I mean by that is uh, I struggled in school when I first started. Uh, education did not come easily for me. And uh, I, I really uh, had a struggle in work uh, at um, staying up with, with class and with school. Uh, when I was in the third grade, uh, I had my tonsils out and my appendix done on the same year. And because I had already been struggling with school, they kept me back uh, that year and I had to repeat uh, third grade. And uh, then the second time that I stayed back, the first time was, like I said, because I was dumb. The second time is what I always say is because I was stupid. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. Uh, I was uh, in uh, C.L. Phelps School. And uh, in, in C.L. Phelps School, uh, in our classroom, we had a blackboard up in the front and a blackboard in the back. And yes, we had blackboards back in those days, uh, not whiteboards. And uh, I was sitting there and there was a blackboard right behind me. And on the blackboard was a little uh, tray where they had the uh, uh, erasers. And so one day, uh, Mrs. Burns, who was teaching, was up in the front and she was writing on the blackboard. And I saw this eraser and I took the eraser and I threw it toward Mrs. Burns. Fortunately, it missed her and hit the blackboard, but next to her head. And everybody, including her in the room, turned and looked at me. And as a result, I was sent down to the principal's office. Uh, I'm not sure how this happened, but I spent the rest of that school year every day going to the principal's office during that hour. And as a result of that, I had to repeat the sixth grade. Uh, so after I had repeated sixth grade and now I'm in, in seventh grade, there was one day I was walking down the hallway and I was still uh, a troubled young man. I was still getting in trouble. I was still doing uh, things. I was not uh, working at school. I wasn't doing well. Uh, and just in general, uh, my life was really in turmoil. And as I was walking down the hall this one day, uh, I was going past uh, a room a teacher's room. His name was Mr. Galoff. 
Uh, Mr. Galoff, and some of you might be able to relate to this, was, was one of those people uh, who had a very stern outward appearance. And as you were walking down the hall, I would usually walk on the other side of the hallway just so I didn't have to come up close to Mr. Galoff. And as I was uh, walking uh, past him, uh, he said, Mr. Steed, come here. And I thought, oh, now what did I do this time that I'm not even aware of that I messed up and what, what kind of trouble am I in this time? Well, he was very gracious, and so he invited me over, and uh, when I got over there, he said, I was just wondering if you had ever thought about playing basketball, and I had not ever even considered it, and uh, I said, no, I hadn't ever thought about it, and he said, well, he said, I'm wondering if you would be interested in coming out. I run an intramural program after school, and I would love to have you come and, and participate in uh, our intramural basketball program. Now, uh, I thought, well, uh, what do I have to lose? Maybe I'll give it a try. Um, so before I go on with the story, let me, let me just kind of help you to think about what I just said, because you may have uh, not picked up on it. Here I was, a kid who had thrown an eraser at a teacher. I had stayed back twice. I was in trouble. I wasn't working at school. And this teacher took the time to, first of all, see me, which sometimes we don't even do that when there's somebody who's been in trouble. But he not only saw me, but he called me aside and he offered me an opportunity uh, to get in uh, into a sport. I will tell you that I have looked back on this many times over the years, and I believe that that one act of kindness by Mr. Galoff changed the trajectory of my life for the rest of my life. And I'll explain some of that with you. As a result of going out and trying intramural basketball, uh, I found out that I was okay at it. I wasn't great, but I did pretty well. And uh, I was invited to try out for the eighth grade basketball team the following year for CL Phelps. And I played uh, basketball, I played football, I ran track and I played baseball uh, through the rest of my time in school. And uh, as a result of that, uh, it helped me to change the way I had been going and where I could have gone as a person. While I was in high school, another man who was a, a teacher and a football coach there kind of took me under his wing, Mr. Uh, Bruno Morana. And uh, he was uh, uh, one of those guys that uh, was not uh, afraid to kind of take somebody like me under his wing. And he just kind of uh, took me in and he helped me and talked with me. And, and we talked about many things. And I, I'll never forget, there was one day that he and I were, were having a conversation and he was telling me that, uh, you know, he was happy and proud of me for what I had been doing. He said, you know, when you came into high school, uh, I saw the paperwork and they had to put a big red X through your name because they thought that you would quit school as soon as you uh, were 16 years old. That's the kind of reputation I had. But yet these two men took the time and the effort to spend some time and invest in me. One of the things that uh, those of you who have been involved with sports in school know that in order to compete, you have to maintain a, a passing grade point average. Uh, praise the Lord, not only did I uh, maintain a, a uh, passing grade, I actually graduated with uh, uh, over a 3.0 grade point average and uh, ended up doing uh, very well. I really believe that those two men 
and their investment in me and the time that they took to, to share with me some of these things really uh, changed the direction of my life and has put me to where I am here today. I don't know where I would have gone if I had not gotten involved uh, in these, these things. Also a real blessing because of these two men is because I was doing uh, well in high school and staying out of trouble, uh, I met um, a young lady there. Uh, we were in our sophomore year of high school and uh, she uh, put up with me and uh, we, the two of us, have been uh, together ever since that. Um, my dear wife, Ann Steed, she has been my greatest uh, support and encourager and the biggest blessing to me. Um, but I would not have met Ann. And she and I were talking about this the other day. I don't believe that I would have met her or, her or for sure we would not have ended up getting married if it not, had not been for the investment of these people into my life in helping me to become a better person because she was a wonderful person and would not have uh, been hanging around with somebody like me if not for uh, this change. Well, that's a pretty long introduction and uh, sharing some things that I don't often share. But I want you to understand that our call, you kind of heard it a little bit with what Pastor Brian read to us or read for us earlier, but our call is not for us to just be hunkered down as the church, but we, we are called to go and to connect with people outside of the church. We are to be uh, an example and a model of Jesus Christ uh, to the world. And uh, so I'm going to read for you and share some thoughts uh, for you or with you from uh, Romans chapter 15. And uh, I'll be, if you have your Bibles and you want to read along, I'm in uh, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Uh, and so Paul is writing to the Romans and he says, uh, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Uh, and that's from uh, uh, Psalm 69. Uh, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Let me just share with you a couple of thoughts from those verses, and I'd like to start with uh, verse 1. Uh, Paul uh, is instructing Christians who are strong in their faith. It means that they're mature Christians. They, they have a strong, mature relationship with uh, Jesus Christ. And, and the instruction is, if you're strong in your faith, if you're solid in your faith, if you're mature in your faith, then you need to model that for other people. Uh, and, and so he says, so bear with the, the uh, weakness uh, of 
those or the failings of those people who are weak. Uh, talking about the weaker brother, but I think also talking about people who are not part of the church and not come along and, and, and as we're often accused of being judgmental, but rather uh, coming alongside uh, and make an effort to encourage and help those people as those teachers did in my life and many other people have as well. Um, that's to help to uh, uh, encourage us by uh, helping to carry their load. If you, if you notice that uh, to uh, obligation to bear the failings of the weak, and it's, it's hard for us sometimes to do that. Next, in verse 2, uh, Paul says, let each of us please his neighbor. And, and what, it, what he's saying there doesn't mean that we give up our spiritual beliefs, He's not saying, you know, because you're, you're a, uh, a believer in Jesus Christ, you can't have anything to do with non-Christians. But he also is not saying, well, you have to give up your beliefs in order to be able to connect with those people. But rather, as a Christian, you can go and interact with those people and uh, deal with them in a way that might draw them to Jesus Christ. The, uh, the concept here is to set aside controversial issues. In other words, it, it, you know, if you want to stand in a pulpit and preach to people who are, are non-Christians or, or, or uh, uh, young Christians, immature Christians, all you're going to do is just cause them to go, oh, I don't want to hear this. But rather, if you're interacting with them and blessing them, they may at some point say, hey, I want to hear what you believe and why you believe what you do. And so we need to set aside the controversial issues, uh, not giving up our beliefs, but rather consider what is going to either push them away or draw them in to that relationship with Jesus Christ. And we need to be conscious of that and we need to be about that in our daily lives. Verse 3, uh, Paul uses Christ, uh, who is the obvious, the example for us uh, from Psalm 69. And he's talking about Jesus uh, not worrying about pleasing himself. It's not an interesting thought. You know, if you think about it, sometimes we, we tend to spend a lot of our time worrying about making sure that we're getting what we want and that everything is all about us. And he's giving us the example of Jesus and saying, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't worry about what pleased him. But rather what Jesus does is he, uh, in order to um, live his life in a way like Jesus or for us to, uh, he was setting out to glorify his father. Jesus was glorifying his Father in ours, and that is God the Father. Jesus wanted to give all of the praise, glory, and adoration to his heavenly Father, and you and I are called to do the same thing. And, and, and we can do that uh, by our actions, by our deeds, by our interactions with others, and the things that we do, uh, which can either uh, draw people into that and glorify God or push people away and cause them to reject God. So uh, our, our behavior will often dictate where people uh, or how people will respond to our, our lives. And then the fourth uh, verse, he's talking about the things that uh, Paul is writing this. He's talking about the things that were written. He's talking about the Old Testament teachings. Uh, but in, in the process of that, he's writing things for us. And so we have both the Old Testament and the New Testament that we can turn to and rely on. Uh, and, and he uses an, an, a psalm from the Old Testament that, that speaks and gives us such a great model and example. And we have that same 
uh, that same privilege uh, to be able to do that. So the Bible was written for us to give us instructions and encouragement and to give us hope. The Bible is not written to be a burden to us, to push us down. Uh, otherwise, none of us would be capable of carrying it out. But, but, but we read the Bible and we're given encouragement and we're giving, you know, we're giving uh, opportunities to, to learn and to grow and to mature in our faith. And so we, we uh, get that and we have that opportunity to use the scriptures. Uh, I've shared this many times with our church, but I find whenever I read uh, in, in the Bible and I read daily through the, or yearly through the Bible, I read every day, and even this morning, as I was reading uh, some things about uh, David uh, and his life, all of a sudden I read, oh, I didn't remember that. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is just encouraging me and teaching me and instructing me to grow in my faith and understanding of who he is. And so Paul is saying, you've been given the written word or the instructions, and it's to help you to endure, and it's helped you to be encouraged using the scriptures. And then uh, in verses 5 and 6, uh, we're, we're told of the source of our endurance uh, and our uh, strength. He says, may the God of endurance. So our God that we follow, our God that we worship, our God that we follow is our, our endurance and our encouragement. He is the one that gives it to us. He is, the, he is that, and so he is giving it to us and giving us that ability to uh, glorify him. Uh, God himself is our source of endurance, and Jesus Christ is the model of what that, uh, what that looks like. So God the Father and God the Son are united together to give us instruction, to help us understand it. The Holy Spirit dwells in us once we've trusted Christ as our Savior, and the Holy Spirit helps us to read the Word and to understand it and then learn how to apply it in our daily lives. And so we're encouraged by that because God himself is the encourager. He is the one who comes in and encourages and blesses and helps us through all of these things. I think verse 7 gives us a, a great uh, summation here. Um, we are to welcome one another. Notice it doesn't say welcome only other mature Christians or only welcome other uh, people who believe exactly like you. He says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. I use Mr. Galoff as an example. But again, he took the time to notice me walking down the hallway and who knows, maybe he had thought about this for, for weeks, like, should I talk to this guy or not? But he took the time and he probably went out of a comfort zone and went and he said, Mr. Steed, would you like to play basketball? And helped to change the trajectory of my life because he took the time. And that's what, that's what Paul is telling them. Welcome one another. I was welcomed into an area that typically I would not have been welcomed into because somebody took the time to do that welcome and to help me in. We can impact and change people's life direction by welcoming them and helping them 
to deal with their life issues. We don't know what people are going through. Just like Mr. Galoff, uh, Mr. Marana didn't know what I was going through in my home life and what was happening to me uh, as a person. But they impacted me and you and I can impact other people regardless of what they're going through by helping them through whatever it is that they're dealing with. I want to just uh, go to a conclusion here and uh, I'm going to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. We read this, We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but at what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. And so you see the, the conclusion here is so, uh, so well written that you heard the word, you took it in, you allowed it to change and, and, and help you to change who you are and, in, and encouraged you to walk and to mature and to grow in your faith. And that's exactly what we need to be doing with other people. We have a choice. We can either continue to, to stay secluded in a way, in a way to protect ourselves, or we can get out there and share it with other people. It's not always easy, but it's really what we're called to do and it is what we're supposed to be all about as a church. I believe that one of the chief duties of a teacher is to encourage students, and that's why I'm so grateful to Mr. Galoff and Mr. Morana. They brought changes in my life and helped me to become the person that I am today. I'm also grateful for my wonderful wife and her family who greatly impacted me. My wife is still my strongest support and encourager, she is a rock for me uh, when I'm struggling or questioning or wondering about things. She's the one that I can always rely on. My mother uh, was, a, was a, a great blessing and encourager for me when I was in sports in school. She was at every event that I participated in. She always came and watched, and, and we had been a non-sport family, but all of a sudden she's brought into this, and she's at all of my events to encourage me, to support me, and to be there with me. My Aunt Susie, her sister, would come with her many of the times to, to be there. I've had so many other people here in, in this church, men and women, who have come alongside and encouraged me. Uh, we, I have been blessed with letters and notes and, and words of encouragement that help me to push on, to keep going forward. Uh, Mary Tremel, who was a wonderful lady who's now with the Lord, used to write notes, and she would say, thank you for this, or thank you for that, and she would just send these notes of encouragement and blessing, and, and I'll never forget those, and I have some of them still in my drawer in my office, and uh, we have many others here in this church today uh, who are continuing to do that same thing, and they bless all of us by encouraging us, pushing us to, to, to go forward with the Lord and to, to bless other people uh, with gifts that the Lord may have given to us. But of course, the greatest and most important uh, person, and I'll call him a person, was Jesus Christ, who loved me enough that while I was yet a sinner, 
while I, I was a person that most people may not have wanted to even come around, while I was that person, Jesus Christ had already died on the cross for me and had taken from me my sins and bore them himself on that cross. And he has made a way for me to spend eternity with him. That's amazing love and amazing, amazing encouragement from the God, the Son, Jesus Christ, who died upon that cross for you and for me. All of these encouragements, all of these things have brought about changes in me that have helped me to become, become the person that I am today. I'm no means perfect, but I am perfectly saved because of the finished work of Jesus Christ upon that cross. And I can encourage other people not because of who I am, but because of who he is in me and uh, the ability that he's given to me to be able to share that with others. Let me just close this in a word of prayer. Thank you for listening here this morning. Lord God, I thank you for these people that you have put in my life in the past and in the present, people who have impacted me in so many ways with words of encouragement, with notes and letters, with with face-to-face uh, uh, -face encouragement, with hugs and, and uh, handshakes and, and just so many blessings, Lord, that only come because they are doing what you have called us to do, and that is to encourage one another while it is called today, to bless one another with the gift that you have given to us, which is an eternal hope, a word of encouragement because of the finished work of Jesus Christ upon that cross. Thank you. Thank you for your love and your grace and your presence in our lives, Lord. We thank you for all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.